Welcome to I Want to Tell You One Thing, a podcast for emerging entrepreneurs. Whether you are just starting out, contemplating a change, stepping away from the traditional nine to five, or working so that your side hustle becomes a full-time gig, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Katie, a social media coach and strategist, and more importantly, a fellow entrepreneur. Each week, I sit down with another small business owner and ask them to share one thing they learned in those first tumultuous years. Hopefully, their advice will save you some of those mistakes, sleepless nights, and moments of insecurity. These conversations have certainly inspired me. My hope is that we can learn and grow together. Now, let's dive into this week's one thing. Welcome back to another episode. I'm super excited to have Nikki here today. Welcome, Nikki. Hey, thank you so much. Really happy to be here, Kay. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Um, So tell us, though, a little bit about you and about your journey thus far before we dive into your one thing. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me today, Kate. So I am Nikki Collinson Phoenix, otherwise known as the therapist coach. Um, I'm in the UK, if you recognize the accent. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm over in the UK, and uh, my background is twofold, really. I'm a chiropractor in private practice. I've been a therapist for over 20 years now. Um, and realizing the lack of business education in the world of health and wellness, we don't get taught this stuff mm-hmm. when we learn our therapeutic modality. Uh, a couple of years ago, I decided to start business mentoring uh, health and wellness professionals who are either starting up or struggling um, to help them become really confident business owners. Because over 20 plus years, I've made an awful lot of mistakes and I've learned an awful lot. And it was really lovely to actually start sharing my knowledge. So I'm in private practice part week and then I'm business mentoring incredible therapists um, around the world the rest of the time. Okay. I love this. I also, I have a sister who is a therapist and she's thinking of launching out and starting her own thing. And like, I feel like every week she's texting me, texting me being like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I'm like, I mean, I can tell you from the small business perspective, but like, I can't tell you from the therapist perspective. So I love that you're doing that because it's true. They're never taught those things and very many of them do their own thing. There is there is a thing yeah. I would say is like that that you come out with this certificate and there's so much emphasis on you coming out qualified in your therapeutic modality and you're dedicated, you're passionate, you're really skillful, you are out there to make an impact and then you fall flat on your face because there wasn't even the module that says how to now turn all this skills and passion into a profitable business. That's kind of just it's just been missed off the memo. So so yeah. I launched my community, The Profitable Couch, um, a couple of years ago. And then since then, it's grown um, so much because there are people out there that just, just need this help and advice. And, and it is absolutely true to be able to do it from a place of walking the talk because this is my mm-hmm. life, my world. Um, it is really right. powerful, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I can give her, yeah, like you can get general and business advice, but it's really helpful when someone has done kind of your thing to walk you through the processes. And I feel like too, with you guys, like there are extra levels for a coach and a therapist in terms of insurance and all of these other things that like, I don't need as a social media coach. Like I don't need to like protect my clients 
and all that in the same way that you guys have to. There is. There's lots of, we would say there's lots of I's you've got a dot and there's lots of T's you've got to cross. There's, there's an awful lot of little bits and pieces that, you know, that somebody could get someone in some big trouble if they don't have it in place. So yeah, it's, um, it's been helpful doing it from a place of knowing the journey for sure. Mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome. Um, Just out of curiosity, which side of your life do you like better the therapy side or the coaching side? Okay, I'm going to be really honest with you now. Yeah, I'm going to be like, I can, I can actually pick, I'm going to be really honest with you. I love being a therapist. I have loved being a therapist. I've been hands on therapy. I've been talking therapy for 21 years. It's been amazing. But I carry some injuries myself because I was also a veterinary chiropractor for 15 years. So I do find when I go to work now, it's for me, it's a little bit more physically challenging. Um, sometimes I can be in a slightly worse state than the person that's on my treatment couch. So I'm loving actually moving into the world of business mentoring uh, because it's Mm -hmm. like a new challenge. Do you know what I mean? So so at the moment, I'm going to say I really love business mentoring just because it's it's exciting. Whereas my world as being a therapist is something I've done for such a long time. Um, I need to be stimulated with new challenges. Mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like too, there are so many skills probably that you picked up from the therapy that work really well too, as a coach, right? Of the guiding and the mentoring and like the processes that it's not an instantaneous fix. Like all of those things probably very easily yeah. translate from one to the next. There's an awful lot of overlap. And, and, and as a caveat, before I was a chiropractor, I was a bank manager. So I've been able to kind of bring okay. some of the finance stuff in. I did have like a a major career change um which was was really, really lovely <laughs> yeah which was really lovely <laughs> I, I can categorically tell you I did not aspire to be a bank manager um I kind of ended up yeah. a bank manager uh, I definitely aspired to be a chiropractor um but yeah be, there's an awful lot of overlaps in all of that because even as a bank manager I was working in a one-to-one scenario with customers yeah. um and with mm-hmm. clients um so much of it yeah. overlaps now yeah, that all, all of those are very people facing businesses. I've done a lot of people sure. facing work, Kate. <laughs> yes, yes, clearly. Um, okay, so let's dive into your one thing. And you want to talk about like the one major mistake you made early on that you think people, you know, shouldn't make or should learn from you so that they don't make. What is that mistake? So what, my one big thing. <clears throat> that was my huge mistake for years and years and years and is equally now the one big thing I talk about with all of the health and wellness professionals that I work with is needing Mm -hmm. to have clarity over who your ideal client is. So whether that's you call it ideal client, whether you call it your ideal client avatar, target audience, niching, whatever term you want to call it, it's knowing Mm -hmm. that you are not for everybody. You know, that there is a specific group of people who you are uniquely qualified to be the very best person for them to help them receive the transformation or change or solution Mm -hmm. that they're looking for. So shall I tell you a little bit about how I had this clarity? 
please. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> I want to tell you that I, it took a long time. It wasn't something that I that I came across. Well, you know, 21 years ago, running and marketing and things like that was, was very different to how it is now. And I was under this naive illusion because I hadn't been trained in how to run a business. And I was doing what, you know, I was winging it. I was making it up as I went along. And I, I, there was a particular time where I made a decision. I was like, well, I need to go and tell everybody that I'm here. Right. So I made yeah. really generic flyers. And I'm talking like thousands. I, I put all this money into thousands of flyers. And I went out into my area and I did what we now call spraying and praying. I sprayed these flyers yes. everywhere. Like they were everywhere. Yep. And I was so excited. Uh, I had my friends, I had family. I was like, get these flyers in every single door. I was leaving Mm -hmm. them in toilets. I was leaving them in pubs. I was leaving them in restaurants. I was like, I have arrived, people. I'm here. (laughs) You need me. You need me, you know. And this is my really generic flyer. I'm stressing generic flyer. That is just out there. And then I was really smug. We did it over the weekend. And on Monday, I was like, that phone is going to be ringing off the hook because I've just sprayed like 5,000. And I want to share with you that that phone did not ring once. Right? Oh, not once. Not once. Wow. And I was really, really confused. I was like, but my flyer was really pretty. You know, it was really pretty. And I put it yeah. everywhere. Like, why would you not want to come and see me? And so. I kind of was really deflated after that and a few years passed and I kind of just told a few people and there was a little bit of word of mouth but I had no strategy whatsoever Mm -hmm. and then a few years later I was listening um to some stuff we now had a bit more online stuff and I was listening to some stuff and and uh, it was actually Marie Folio was talking about ideal client ideal client Mm -hmm. avatar as she would explain it she was doing a build-up to um her b-school thing and i started listening to it and i was thinking what was she even talking about like what does that even mean and why would you yeah you know it was a whole nother language and why would you why would you just pigeonhole yourself into one small group of people like this makes no Mm -hmm. sense to me at all and so i went through this period where i was like i just don't get you but everyone else seemed to be raving about it. So I'm like, you need to understand this and you need to learn about this because clearly you're missing something here. And then mm-hmm. eventually I started reading up more from other people and trying to Google what the hell is all this mean. And we're now about 20, 2012, 2011, 2012. And I had like this epiphany moment where I just suddenly went, now I get what you're talking about. And the moment that I had that clarity, I knew exactly why the 5,000 spray and pray flyers fell completely flat on its face. Because I was trying to speak to everybody, as the saying says, Mm -hmm. but I was actually speaking to nobody. That flyer did not connect with one single person. And I'd sprayed it in so many places. There was no strategy. It didn't talk to anybody. Um, And once Mm -hmm. I understood it, then things started to change. So what I find so interesting about this is that, I mean, if I have my timelines correct, that means you were almost in business like 10 years before you realized. Is that right? Like before you realized you needed that ideal client avatar. 100%, 10 years. So 
Yeah. So you're there like trying to make it work, trying to make it work, hustling yeah. hard. I'm sure you had some clients. I'm yeah. sure, you know, but like still not hitting that part that you wanted to. And then, and then I you got that busy. and you're like, no. I mean, I was busy. I was really busy because, yeah. but I was busy based on word of mouth and recommendation, which is fantastic. Yeah. And it's always a wonderful way to be recommended. But I had this passion to be bigger you know, mm-hmm. I had the question to grow even more. And I was hitting like a limit on how much I could grow just based on recommendation. And I couldn't understand. Okay. And obviously, the internet wasn't and social media and access it wasn't so prevalent in like 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't having yeah. access to the people teaching this stuff. And I just had like, the local area this was just how you did things in my local area so once I realized where I'd gone wrong then I realized how much I could change my business dramatically which I did so my question for you then is so once you realize like okay like I need I need to niche down I need to figure out my client avatar how did you do that like how did you figure out like okay these are my people and all these others who I've been serving now for nine years or whatever, like I need to start moving away from that. Like what was that process like for you? So I basically looked at three different areas. So I looked at what were the things that I brought to the table? What was it about me that I brought to the table? So I brought to the table um, health challenges. What was my health story all about? What were my hobbies and interests? What were my passions? What were my life experiences? And I brought all that to the table and I started writing a list down of like, what makes Nikki, Nikki? Okay, well, how am I made up? This is this is me and my life. And then I started bringing together what, how did I want my business to look? And then I started looking at this list thinking, if I could think about my dream clients, like the people that I would really want to have in my business, that if I opened my diary, I would just be euphoric thinking, this is the coolest day ever, because I'm going to be chatting with these people and working with these people. And I love these people. When I looked at the list of what made me and I'm like, who are the people I love hanging out with the most? And Mm -hmm. is it people that have had a similar health journey to me? Is it people that have had similar life experience, similar, somebody that shares a similar hobby to me? What were the things that stood out to me? And at the time, um, what stood out to me the most was horses, because my background, my background was a competitive horse rider. I've had horses. I was a veterinary chiropractor as well as a human chiropractor. So I was working with horses um and horses were just a big part of my life and had been a big part of my life and I was like when the horse riders come in because I had horse riders come in but when they come in I'm in my zone of genius do you know what I mean I'm working at my best because they're talking to me in horse language and I get that they're talking to me about their goals and their visions and where they want to get to with their horses and the challenges I get that. I understand that language. And I started thinking, if my diary was predominantly filled with horse riders, that would be amazing. Like, I would be skipping uh-huh. And I'd be thinking, I'm just in my element. And I realized that with my colleagues, none of my other colleagues had any interest in horses. And I was thinking, if one of those horse riders went to see one of my colleagues, they could probably do an okay job. But if they actually sat down and said, do you know, Mr. Therapist or Mrs. Therapist, I'm facing these challenges with my career and my horses or whatever, they would just look blank. They just wouldn't have a clue. 
Whereas mm-hmm. if they came to me, I'd go, I get you. Let's do this. Let's make this happen. Um, and once I realized that, then I knew what I wanted my business and what I wanted to be known for, what I wanted mm-hmm. to be a specialist in, what I wanted to be. I wanted to be known as the horse chiropractor, not just for the horse, but for the rider. Um, once I knew that and I had complete clarity over that, then I knew exactly how to market my business because I knew who I was talking mm-hmm. to. Yes. And okay, so what I, okay, what I love about this and what I, I think is so cool and I want people to hear it really clearly is like, th- this is what a niche is. Like it is uber specific. It is small and you can have a whole business around that. Like I feel like so often, especially early on, you think, like you said, like spray and pray. Like I just, I need any client. I need any amount of money. I, I'm just starting. And I think we tend to be too big. I was actually just talking to someone the other day about their social media, but she's a health coach. And I was like, so who's your audience? And she was like, anybody over 30. I know. And I was like, that's not an audience. And she was like, okay, women over 30. And I was like, still not an audience, like still not specific enough. Keep getting down, like keep getting narrow. And I, I feel like people fear very often. And maybe you see this with some of your coaching clients like fear getting too small. They're like, if I get too small, I'm going to like, I won't make money or I won't yeah. be successful. Do you see that? But it's really interesting because what people forget is when you are just general, you know, when I, if I, when I was just a general chiropractor, technically there's a lot of chiropractors in my area. If I was just, you know, the same as everybody else, the only difference is price. That means we end up, people then start being driven by price. Well, if you're the same as that person down the road, um, well, that person charges that. I'll go to that person. It might be cheaper, but I'm going to get exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You end up getting in a pricing uh, war, which is which is not a place you want to be. And then what people also forget is that when you do actually niche down, you become specialist. You become a specialist, which actually means you command a part of the mar- a market. You're not drowning in a swamp of chiropractors. You command a section of the market. You're seen as a specialist, which means that you can charge higher. You can charge your worth because you now have a higher elevated status. So by actually getting smaller, your ability to serve gets bigger and your ability to earn gets bigger. Mm -hmm. And when you're starting to plan your marketing, it has a method and a strategy. And and then one of the questions I get asked a lot when I'm doing this, because I have this conversation with people all the time, they say to me, well, does that mean, you know, does that mean you don't treat anybody outside of that realm? And I'm like, no, it doesn't mean that you shut the door on people. Like, right. if I see a horse rider in my clinic, I can guarantee you, because they are happy with our working relationship, they'll send the husband in, they'll send the kids in, the mum in, the aunt, the cousin, the best mate. Am I going to turn them down? Of course, I'm not going to say, I'm so sorry, I'm not going to see you because you don't fit my client profile, but I'm just not right. going to market to those people. I'm not going to invest my time and energy marketing to people. I'm only going to invest my time and money trying to attract my dream clients, but I'm never going to yes. leave money on the table. Right, right. I Yeah, this is this is huge. My um, my randomly, my dad is in his second career right now as a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he went back to school, da da da, and he came out and he was like, I am going to be a marriage therapist. Only I only want to see couples who are struggling but who want to make it work. 
And I was like, that's real specific, dad. Like, are you sure? And he was like, yes. And he is booked solid. Like, and that's all he sees. Like he doesn't see other people. And like he would, if someone came in and was like, I'm really struggling and I want you, but like, that's what he markets. That's how he gets out there. And it works so well for him because he's uber clear on who he wants to serve and the value he provides. And yeah, it fills his bucket in that way. But then there's one like final other little bit where idle client comes in. And that is when people will post me a question um, or they'll, they'll send me a message or I'm working with them and they'll ask me any question to do with um, how should I do this in my business? How do I do that in my business? How should I plan this? What should this look like in my business? My question back to them is always, well, tell me who your idle client is. And they'll go mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Or the the um everyone over 30 or something like that um what yeah. people forget is that idle client underpins every single other part of your business and if you have clarity on that you almost answer all the rest of the questions but if you don't yeah. have clarity on that it's really hard to answer all the other business related plans and questions that you might have what do i post what do i write how do i price where do i work what do i do you can't do any of that unless right. you know who your ideal client is but it's one of yeah. the key things that everybody misses out or doesn't get mm-hmm. taught or jumps past yeah. um and i would and for me I mean, I've been very lucky that once I got clarity on it, I like rolled with it. But if I could turn back the clock, my goodness me, I wish someone had taught me this years earlier. And it's kind of now why I spend a lot of time talking about it and why I wanted to share it with you today, because it's the one thing that underpins so much. Mm -hmm. So you figured out yours by looking at kind of who you are, what you love, the clients that you've you already loved working with because yeah. you had all those years before, yeah. but let's say somebody who's kind of just starting, yeah. what do you have recommendations for them and how do they discover their ideal client? So there's a couple of ways you can do it. So firstly is to have an experiment. So think about when you're starting out is to just think about people that may be in your world, like friends or colleagues, work people, people that you've met, mm-hmm. and just think, I there was a time when I really connected with that person mm-hmm. because of X, Y, and Z. I would love to have clients like that. So you can start with thinking about a somebody that you liked, okay? Yeah. The other thing is by doing something like the list that I did and actually looking at that list and saying, do you know what? What do I want to be known for? What do I want to stand for? Which of these? Like when I look at my my list on there, there's lots of different health challenges. And, you know, do I really want, do I feel really passionate about that health challenge that I experienced? And therefore, I would love to dedicate my business mm-hmm. to helping people with a similar health condition or people that had a similar journey. Or like your dad, people that, you know, have had marriage challenges and things like that. Look at that list and you'll know if you trust your gut instinct and you look at that list, there will be certain things that jump out at you. You can go through that Mm -hmm. list and say, right, do I want to work with um, people that like golf? Just say you liked golf. 
is that really floating my boat? No, not really. I like to play golf, but I don't necessarily want to see golfers. You know, do I want to play, play that? Um, I don't know, play tennis? No. Oh, oh, look, there's people. I've had a, you know, I've had a fertility journey. Would I like to work with people that are around fertility? Actually, yeah, that, that feels really strong. That gives, that's given me a really strong feeling. I'll put that on a short list. And then go through all of the things, your life experiences, your health challenges, your hobbies and interests, shortlist it down. And there will be one that will jump out at you uh, and, and play with that one. Roll with it. Whatever you start with as your idol client doesn't mean you are like that. That's who you are. For, you know, when you're starting out, go with that idol client, sit with it for a little while, market to that idol mm-hmm. client, play with your words with that idol client and say, does this feel really good? You know, if it does, fantastic. If it doesn't, go back to the list and say, maybe there's another one. The other way, the third way that you can do it is often, but not always, your idol client is usually a version of yourself a few years ago. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the time, not all the time, but often it's a part of you that may have may have been a journey that you've gone on um, in whatever form, whether that's hobby, interest, health, life experience, and you just want you just feel drawn to think, well, if there's other people like me that were going through right. that particular thing, I'd really like to help them in the way that I receive the help. Um, I know some mm-hmm. people that do different business things or um, therapies or whatever they're doing, and they're triggered to do that because of their own personal experience and with that particular yeah. therapy, and therefore they feel drawn to doing it. So also, if you're stuck, is just think of something that, that happened to you a few years ago as well. And and also is knowing that something people ask me is like, can you only have one ideal client? And, and I would stress that to start with, you want one. You want one very clear ideal client, and you want to get really established with that before you start bringing in a second one. That's not to say that later on down the line, you might want to bring in a, an additional, a second ideal client. But you've got to get a, a business running really successfully with that first mm-hmm. ideal client, so that you're very clearly positioned as an expert in that mark in that field before you start bringing in a second one, because otherwise your messaging will just start getting confusing again. Yeah, no, I I think that is really important. And if you look at a lot of people who seem successful in whatever careers, they've often started very small, gotten really good at that, and then added another little thing on top of it, and then have grown bigger. But none of them that I know of, I'm trying to like think through my head, like none of them started like, I'm going to talk to everybody. Yeah. And when they don't, you know, like it just, you've got to be specific early on and then you can expand if you, if you want. Absolutely. I I can't stress enough. If any of you guys that are listening to this right now are thinking, I, I, I'm hearing idle client for the very first time, like I was all those years ago, please explore Mm -hmm. it further. Or I've heard about it, but I've never really dedicated the time to working on it, work on it. I've been marketing my business whatever field, whatever industry you're in, and um, it's just not going the way that I want it to do, ask yourself, are you really, really clear on who it is you're serving? Or are you so generalized that your marketing doesn't have a strategy and is just not connecting? Someone needs to read your words and say, this is me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that really helped me out early on when I was trying to get really clear on mine is... um, I think it was through Marie Forleo, but she talks about 
like literally like writing a biography of a client, like a client you want to like, what does she eat? Where does she go out to dinner? Is she married? What are her children like? Like, yeah. what does her life look like? Yeah. What, what does she love? Like literally write it out. And that for me, I'm a very written type of person, like learner. And that was so helpful for me. I just like journaled for days trying to figure out like, hey, what am I doing? Who am I serving? And, and that was a really- name too, that you've got to give them a name. Yeah. Because they've got oh, to yeah. be a person. So when you're writing, when you have that clarity, and it's you go really deep on like what keeps them awake at night, you know? Yeah. What are the things that are stopping them move forward? What are their fears? What are their aspirations? And when you know that, when you start writing your content or when you start doing your marketing, you have you hold them. That's who you're writing to. My my idol client, my horse riding idol client was Sarah. That's who I named her. She was called Sarah. So whenever I was writing my stuff or I was doing an offer, I was putting a package together or I'm coming up with something, I'd be like, what does Sarah want right now? What is Sarah Mm -hmm. looking for? You know, and I need to design this for Sarah. What is Sarah putting into Google right now? What's she looking for on Google right now? Mm -hmm. I'm going to design this for Sarah. I'm going to do a Facebook Live. Who am I? I'm talking to Sarah on this live. I'm doing a video. I'm talking to Sarah at all times. I was talking to Sarah. Yeah. I, you know, when I coach my social media clients, I'm always like, talk to a specific person, like think of Sarah, like you said, and be like, when you get on Facebook live, when you get on Instagram stories, like just talk to her. Don't use the general, like you guys, blah, blah, blah. Like, or like you all like, no, talk to her. I mean, don't use Sarah because then people will be confused, but like, Hey, you blah, 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 whatever. But like, having her very much in mind because it comes across as much more authentic yeah. and the people who are listening are like, oh, she's talking to, to me. me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what it's all about. And when when you have all of that, your marketing actually, when people don't have clarity on their idol client, marketing feels hard work. It feels hard work. Mm-hmm. It feels like you are busting your butt, you are working really hard and you're not having it convert into paying clients or customers. It's just not working. And you, you it's very quick for people to go, well, it's it's just all rubbish. It's just not working. I just, what's the point? I'm just going to bail on this because I can't do it. Instead of actually looking and saying, hang on a minute, is there something I'm missing that I'm not doing correctly? And when you realize the power of knowing, having your clarity on your idle client, you realize that actually marketing becomes very easy. It becomes very fluid. Mm -hmm. It becomes very natural. When you've truly got clarity on your idle client, it becomes effortless. So if you're sitting there listening to this and thinking, well, marketing feels really hard and really time consuming and overwhelming. And I, I dread sitting there thinking, what am I going to write next? And what am I going to do next? Then I would ask you to question whether you actually have clarity over your idle client. Because when you do have the idle mm-hmm. client, you know what to write. You know what to say. You know what they're looking for. You know what they're struggling are. So it makes it so much easier. So if you're struggling with this right now, I would ask yourself, have you truly got clarity over who it is you're meant to be serving? Mm -hmm. I think too, kind of going back to what you said earlier, but also this idea of marketing, when you get really specific and you're marketing towards your ideal client and and then they start working with you and they love what you're doing and like you're speaking the same language and all that kind of stuff they then do the marketing for you. Like you were saying, like then they go and tell their mother and their brother and their sister and all of this stuff to come. And the same for any business. Like that's not just a coaching thing or a therapy thing. Like that's for anything. Suddenly they become 
your word of mouth and they become your marketing arm because you've connected so sincerely with them in that way. And let's be really honest. We all know if we're really honest, we can spend fortunes and fortunes on marketing, but the most powerful form of marketing is recommendation and word of mouth. Yep. You know, without a shadow of a doubt, it doesn't matter how many thousands you want to stick into Facebook ads, Google ads, whatever you want to do, or your marketing or whatever, word of Mm -hmm. mouth and recommendation will always trump all of it. And we all are driven by reviews and recommendations. If someone says, go and try so-and-so, they're really good. Go and work with so-and-so, they're really good. That's powerful than going in blind with somebody. Yeah, absolutely agree. Love it. Um, Do you have any resources, Nikki, either you yourself or ones that you really like on helping people understand kind of their marketing towards their ideal client or or figuring out their avatar? Um, Well, I the main one that I have right now is I have because I have a podcast as well, um, which is the Profitable Couch podcast. And I do have um, episode nine, which is actually all on idle clients. Um, and also if um, people, if there are any health and wellness professionals, if I'm allowed to um, share our community, which is the Profitable Couch, um, if they do want to come over and get support, there's loads of stuff. We work on idle client in there all the time because it is probably the number one awesome. topic that I, I work with people for. Sure. Awesome. I love that. So where can people find you beyond that Facebook group if they want to connect or they're interested in learning more? Uh, so if they want to connect, um, my website is www.nikki.com and it will be lovely to connect with you there or on Facebook. Um, come and say hello. Be lovely. Thank you. Awesome. Well, this was an amazing conversation. I think it's probably going to help so many people, even people who think they are have some clarity. Hopefully they'll take a little bit of time to go back and kind of dig a little deeper, I think. Um, So thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you very much for letting me come on to the show and all the very best, you know, with the growth of the podcast. It's amazing, Kate. Thank you. I'm excited about it. All right, that's it for this week. I hope you got at least one thing from today's conversation to guide you on this crazy entrepreneurial journey you're in the midst of. If you liked what you heard, please consider sharing this episode with a fellow small business owner or leaving a review. And last, but certainly not least, let's connect on social. Message me at Rosebud Social on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week.